Ed, enough fooling around. Let's talk cow fuckers. You ready? Nitty gritty. Let's do it. Welcome. We're back. It's the Baller Lifestyle Podcast, theballerlifestyle.com. Me, Brian Beckner, host, proprietor, god, man among men, amongst men, superstar, whatever. All the superlatives. I'm stoked you could be here. Episode 12. Big one for us. Exciting. A dirty dozen shows in the books. Uh, a lot of people paying attention to what we're doing, still getting, you know, a steady amount of downloads. Could be more. Could be a lot more. Could be like 100,000 times more. So maybe like tell your bros, like send them an email, Twitter, tweet about it, talk it up. Uh, But I'm very, very grateful for the fans we do have. It's a very loyal group of people tuning in and it's, makes me happy. So I'm, I'm stoked you're here. I'm stoked you're listening. And uh, I, I hope you come back and, and tell your friends. This week, this episode, this show, a lot of good stuff to get to. Uh, there's a couple guys in New York that are fucking people's cows and not like, you know, fucking them up, like injuring them. They're having sex with them. They're, ha- they're intercoursing random cows and they've been caught. And always interesting to me when it's a group effort. I got to be honest. That's that's the craziest part for me. So we'll get to that. Cow fuckers in New York. I know that's going to be a popular topic. Some guy at Applebee's tried to pay for his meal. I think he like at first went to use a card. And when the card was declined, he said no problem. And reached into his wallet. You know, the guy's a high roller, obviously. Because he dropped a trillion dollar bill on the table to settle up for his riblets or whatever you get at Applebee's shitty hamburgers. Uh, Apparently, they don't take trillion dollar bills at Applebee's, which is bullshit. Legal tender. Get it together. Applebee's, corporate restaurants. Uh, So we'll talk about that. The guy that paid for his Applebee's meal, if you can call it that, with a trillion dollar bill. Uh, I'd like to be this guy's friend. And of course, it's really popping off. We're through. This is it's a two-parter. Four fucking hours of The Bachelor this week. I'm through two of it so far. The other two are going to pop off tonight. We're Full disclosure, we're, we're recording when we're only halfway through The Bachelor. But that doesn't stop us. Fancy Sauce will make a return appearance. Her weekly Bachelor report will close the show as it always does. Uh, just something that's stuck in my craw today. The Dodgers, anybody that knows me knows I'm a Dodger fan. I like the Dodgers, the LA Dodgers. And I'm really starting to get pissed off because they're opening the season this year in Australia. They're playing two games in Sydney against the Arizona Diamondbacks, which I got no problem with the Arizona Diamondbacks going and playing a game in Sydney, Australia, because who gives a fuck about the Arizona Diamondbacks? Also, the Arizona Diamondbacks aren't going to be cha- 
challenging for any division titles or World Series. So go ahead and send the Arizona Diamondbacks down there. But when it comes to teams that matter, there's only one I can think of, the Dodgers. What what are they doing being sent to Australia? I mean, it's such bullshit to me. I really can't think of any better way for my team to get off to a 3-8 and eight start than sending the entire squad on a 28-hour round-trip flight to play a two-game set against the goddamn Diamondbacks. Also, can we as Americans maybe stop trying to ram our sports up the ass of the rest of the world? I feel like, you know, they've they've seen our games. They know about Major League Baseball, and they don't give a shit. Just like we don't give a shit about cricket. And it's like every year the NFL, like we want a team in London. You know who doesn't want a team in London? London. It's enough. You guys make enough money. Stop sending my favorite baseball team to Australia and fucking their season. I know this is going to fuck their season. It's all I can think about. Well, really, not really. Because I get kind of relieved. I'll be honest. Here's a little insight. Like, I like the Dodgers as long as they're winning. The Dodgers get, like, four games out. I'm not paying attention. Like, I stop. I don't watch the games. Also, they're... The channel they're on now isn't on DirecTV, so that's going to be a problem for me. I might have to, like, just stop following them altogether. But the point is, you want your team to get have the best chance they can at the season. A couple years ago, they started in China, and I don't think those were regular season games. I think those were just exhibitions, so they just sent, like, half the squad. But still, it didn't bode well. It doesn't bode well to send your Major League Baseball team to Australia to play a couple games. Send the Royals or the Twins or the Diamondbacks or the Rockies or any of those teams. The Cardinals, the Cubs, any of those teams I don't give a shit about. Real teams, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Sox. Don't send the Angels. Send the fucking Angels. Nobody cares about the Angels. Send him down there. Send Albert Pujols' old ass on a plane for two days. See how that works out. All right, that's my rant. Joining me now, main man, superstar in his own right, really the backbone of the show and the website, it's Ed Daly. Ed, how's it going? A uh, bit of a heavy heart, Brian. Tell me. Recent news about uh, Harold Ramis is... Uh... Shaking me a little bit. It is, it's a huge bummer. And he, you know, it's always the people that don't get recognized as much as they should in life that are the hardest to take when they pass. Um, said terribly by me. Uh, Harold Ramis was the man. He made so many killer movies that were, that are just the foundation for our childhood. Ed, take me through the list. Well, he, he wrote, he directed a bunch. He wrote a bunch. He was in, everybody knows him as, uh, as, uh, now I can't remember his name. In, Egon. In Ghostbusters. Egon Spengler yep. in Ghostbusters. Um, but he wrote and starred in that. And then, um, Caddyshack, he wrote Stripes. Right. Groundhog Day. Right. Uh, people don't realize he rode back to school. Animal House. Animal House, of course. Yeah. Um, and, oh, and he directed The First Vacation. 
Yeah, he did. He did. He really had his hands in so much comedy. And the thing about comedy, and this is even true for Harold Ramis, a lot, it's hard for comedies to stand the test of time. I would argue Animal House, for example, might be the funniest movie ever made, and it's equally as funny today right, as it was in, in 1978. Like, go back. There's a few – like, Harold Ramis wrote Meatballs. It was a very funny movie when I was a kid. You go back and look at it. It's not maybe the funniest movie. It's not definitely not as funny as it was. I mean, it's hard. You go back and look at movies like that you remember with a lot of nostalgia, like Fletch. You rewatch Fletch these days. It's got some jokes in it, but it's it's not the comedic powerhouse that it was when you were a child. But so much of Harold Ramis's work really, really stands the test of time. Ghostbusters still funny today. Back to School. I mean, Rodney, hilarious movie. Animal House. He just Groundhog Day. It holds up very well. Yeah, Groundhog Day. Absolutely. Caddyshack. Still hilarious. Very funny movie today. It's, except except for the part with the Irish chick. Right. What what was she doing there? Why was she there? Just just bringing it down a notch. I mean, the whole Danny Noonan story. Not to yeah. I mean, thoughts and prayers, Harold Ramis. <laughs> the whole Danny Noonan. Like, I feel like he got. I know that was sort of to propel you along to have these characters bounce in and out. But uh, yeah, the the Irish chick. What also like Danny Noonan's in high school. The Irish chick was like forty three. What was going on there? <laughs> It was it was a bad scene. As long as the the best thing about him, I think, uh, he wrote all these great things. But like he didn't he didn't give himself the best part. Yeah. When he and he was an actor. Right. But he gave so many of these guys their best roles ever. Like Groundhog Day and Stripes for Bill Murray, Animal House, half those guys, um, Caddyshack. Like you never saw Ted Ted Knight or uh, Rodney Dangerfield. They came out of nowhere and had their most comedic roles. Like absolutely, he he set everyone else up for their best roles. Back to school. Oh, I mean, yeah. I've, I've, I I hung in there for a long time with Rodney, but like he made some really shitty movies. That was not one of them. That was a great. Although, let's talk about Rodney's um, son in Back to School. Why was he? He was like Rodney's age, and he was in college. <laughs> yeah. Jason, I think. Jason, yeah. He he was like 49 years old and he was a freshman in college. People point to – when they think of Billy Zabka, they think of only the Karate Kid. But for him to sell an evil diver the way he did, (laughs) that's just good writing. That had to be good writing and good acting. Absolutely. Ramis was killer. He he came up with a plot line involving an evil diver and it worked. Totally. Yeah. I, I need to go back and rewatch that too because I haven't seen it in a few years and that is a really good movie. Yeah. Thoughts and prayers. Super bummer. Like, I, you know, we weren't walking around talking about how funny Harold Ramis was every day. Although you didn't expect him to die, but now he's passed away. You look back at his career and he was so prolific, such a great writer, I really could do it all. Writer, director, actor, producer, um, and really – you, you don't realize it, but touched all of our lives often. And and on, on one last selfish note, yeah, I read in the obituaries that he had been very sick for a couple of years. Yeah, and I wish I got that heads up. I know that yeah. the family doesn't owe me anything, but right. like I could have prepared myself a little bit. I'd be bummed out, yeah, you know, the last couple of years. But then when the news hits, it's not as jarring. 
I, I, I feel like I need to know that kind of stuff first. That's true. And also I'm concerned because you've heard a lot of rumors the last few years about Ghostbusters 3. Right. And in Harold Ramis's hands, I feel pretty good about that. Sure. In Dan Aykroyd's hands, I he mean... He doesn't say no that often. Does anybody remember Blues Brothers 2000? <laughs> I mean... Talk, for me, Animal it's 1A, 1B. The two funniest movies of all time for me are Animal House and Blues Brothers. And just way to trample on a legacy, Blues Brothers 2000. And I, I could see the same thing happening if Aykroyd gets his mitts all over Ghostbusters 3. Yeah, that I, I wouldn't be surprised if Dan Aykroyd had a role in, the, uh, in Caddyshack 2. He was, yeah. Well, he was. I know. Good. I know he had it, but I wouldn't be surprised if he wrote it. That's 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 his kind of uh, yeah post post eighties career. Yeah, yeah. That that Jackie Mason vehicle. Ooh. You know what? You know what Hollywood needs? Another Jackie Mason vehicle. <laughs> I think I might have taken my junior high girlfriend to see Caddyshack Two. FYI, in the theater. I, I definitely saw that and Teen Wolf Two in the theaters. Two, wow. Two staggering misses. I still have yet to see Teen Wolf 2. Guess what? What? You're, you're a better man for it. Is it on Netflix? I'm sure it is. I, Teen Wolf all, 1 is. The, the Teen Wolf 1 is great, but yeah. the all you need to know about Teen Wolf 2 is it's Teen Wolf T-O-O. I, yeah, I know. Yeah, James, <laughs> It's a Jason Bateman vehicle. And he, he can be funny. He, he is not funny. <laughs> I'm, I'm watching it. I'm fine. If I could get my girlfriend to stop watching me four, stop making me watch four hours of Bachelor every week. That's, that's true. It's better than The Bachelor. Well, yeah. There's nothing worse. <laughs> uh, hey, do you want to read? We got a comment. We got our first mean comment on the BallerLifestyle.com. You want to hear it? Okay, I'd, I'd love to. What, this is mean. You said mean. Yeah, mean, mean comment. I I welcome. I almost appreciate the mean one. Like I'm. I really like that people give us a lot of praise, and especially on Twitter. We put out a new podcast and people will quote lines back to us and it's very flattering. It is very flattering. But I know that what we do and the way we do it, if we're doing it right, people should also hate it and they should hate uh, where we're coming. There's people that shouldn't get us. I don't want to have mass appeal. I want the right people to understand what I'm saying and get my jokes. So I know if a few people pop their heads up to tell me what a piece of shit I am and how unfunny I am, <laughs> that I'm doing something right. And here's this guy's called Joe Doe. Oh, he, he just, sounds, sounds legit. Yeah. He just wanted to sit. He just wanted to stop by. Let me know. Take a little time. He's obviously taking some time to, Dial in to some of our efforts, some of your writing on the website, some of our podcasts, and he really wants to let us know. Um, just in case no one has told you in your small world, you suck balls. Mm. You're, he goes on. Your show should be called Blah, 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 I Suck Balls. <laughs> hey, Brian, I just Googled it. Yeah. Joe Doe yeah. is, is the pen name for Hugh Jackman. <laughs> so we're, we're reaching people. <laughs> I would love that. I love Hugh Jackman. He, he's my favorite. Wolverine hates us. He's my favorite closeted Australian <laughs> actor. I love, I love the code for that. He's a song and dance man. Yeah, he loves the theater. 
song and dance man. Yeah, he's married <laughs> to a woman twenty years older that looks like your Wolver the real Wolverine. Yeah, she looks like your aunt's longtime roommate. <laughs> They just go everywhere together. They're just really close. They're just really great friends. They live together. I'm not sure why they sleep in the same bed. <laughs> they do a lot of high-fiving. Uh, so, yeah, I, I appreciate Joe Doe reaching out, letting me know I suck some balls. Or I I mean, we. He said. Yeah, Joe, what about yeah, me? He do said, I well, he said, you're, he said your show. Okay, so, so I'm saying that he's saying that to you and I, that both of us should be the show should be called blah 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 i suck balls but i think he means like both of us like either of us could be saying that we suck balls well maybe we'll consult dun and bradstreet and we'll do some market research on that see if blah 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 suck balls is is the better title for the podcast that's a good idea like i don't know i feel like itunes might have an issue with it um but uh, you know maybe there's a workaround maybe we could make the Put the, an asterisk for the yeah, A. Yeah, for the A, for like the suck and the – for the U and the A could both be asterisks. So people right. could really like make – think, you know, figure that out for themselves. So shout out to Joe Doe. Joe Doe, I appreciate it. I will suck some balls. I'll suck the shit out of some balls for you because you get it. You took the time to make a rude comment and I feel it. Hey, Ed. Yeah. I saw RoboCop this weekend. Took the family. How'd it go? Well, I hold on. I have feelings on it. Uh, yeah, so do I. Hold on. I made some notes. Obviously, you're not going to – it's not going to be RoboCop. Like I don't think anybody expected RoboCop rebooted to be RoboCop, the original RoboCop. Right. Um, that said, I mean I didn't, I didn't hate it. I, I found it entertaining. But yeah, but uh, unremarkable. But there were a couple of glaring things that uh, that stood out that I think would have made it a better movie. First of all, yeah, it opened with him and it had featured him a few times. The Sam Jackson parts were unbearable. Yeah. Also, the, it, the opening scene, Sam Jackson's like a Bill O'Reilly style talk show host or Glenn Beck. The opening scene. He's interviewing a guy that's supposed to be like a, a U.S. Army general, mm-hmm. and the guy has a blatant Canadian accent. <laughs> and I'm like looking around like, is hey. everybody – yeah. Oh, he, he did like an aboot. Yeah. Like, and, and it's the – I mean the director is a Brazilian dude. I feel like somebody along the line could have caught that and overdubbed it, but that, that was a problem for me. Go on. Um, I just feel like Sam Jackson – has given us good performances. Zero of them have been outside the genre of Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm trying. Yeah. And if you see him wearing a Kangol, then he's in his full-on blowhardy Sam Jackson interviewee mode. We I always avoid that. I do like how, because he's a bald man, he always is in, you know, has to have a wig for the roles he plays. And I love that they never don't go. It could be he could be in like a period piece, and whoever's in charge of costuming goes it's Jules Winfield. Yeah, just goes way over the top with the wig. Like it never looks like a normal older black man's hair. It's always like really styled out. It's basically they give him one of James Brown's old wigs. <laughs> for whatever movie he does. And so I always like seeing that. I like to see where it's like glued onto his forehead and stuff. So that was 
that was kind of nice. He's always shouting at you. He's it's just right. exhausting the scenes that he's in in every movie. He he, um, he really lost his shit towards the end, which was kind of good. But yeah, I agree. It was very it was very kitschy and over the top. Sam Jackson's performance. The villain, like the the on the streets villain, I thought was weak, and I I think that that the one the original the guy who was on the '70s show. Uh, yeah, I, yes. Kerwood Smith or whatever his name is. That guy was part of the fun of RoboCop, whereas this guy was a pretty bland villain, just kind of, I uh, was right. a Euro guy, like a gun runner. The original movie, Clarence Boddicker, was, yes. he was a scary motherfucker because. Like, and he had he, like, a, he was unhinged. This guy was like yeah. one of those icy European guys. Agreed. Like, also, we're, we're, I know this is the future, but we're expected to believe there's a white guy called Antoine. <laughs> you know, it's like a little far. I know it's sci-fi. It's a little far-fetched. Though. Right. Right. Uh, hover, yeah, I wasn't feeling him. Back to the future were easier to swallow than, than Antoine. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I wasn't feeling him. Also, RoboCop himself... He was pretty fucking goofy. I mean, looking back, Weller's uh, not Weller is not uh, the the greatest actor on earth either. He is. He's de- he's definitely not a leading man. He's not George Clooney, but he has a little bit. Well, he plays it as a rope. That's the other thing. And I don't want to spoiler alert. See, the original RoboCop, they erase his memory. And that, that's mm-hmm. the whole point of the movie is that he slowly starts to recover his memory. The new RoboCop, it's the dude. It's except that he's just lungs and for some reason a, an esophagus in a clear tube and a head. Yeah, he has most of his memories, but they they dull him out a little bit. Right. They, yeah, they have to calm him down at some point. But he's he's definitely – he has a soul – and a mind like he did before he got blown up. He also doesn't get shotgunned to, get to death. I mean, it's PG thirteen. Uh, I'm gonna a, give you three three things I really like though. Tell me, tell me, Keaton. Oh, Keaton's I, fucking awesome. He, he's great in everything. Yeah, he's from, really good. From Mister Mom to even yeah. Ken in Toy Story three, that yeah. guy is just great in every role, and he's great in this. Like he's yes. got a a charisma and I'll always I'm always signing up for Keaton. He's fucking um, Batman, Beetlejuice, like the guy's never been great. bad. He's he's just so solid and he he's really good in this, I agree. Um I liked Kelly Leak sneaking in an I'd buy that for a dollar reference. Uh, they snuck some in. They didn't get a your move creep in right. at any point, right. but they they did get I liked a, a few. little knot. Yeah, yeah. I, I, there was a few of those. Finally, I'm always I I didn't I didn't realize it, but I am always on board with uh, any sort of night vision fight shootout scene in which there is one here. But like any time a movie features some sort of night vision, I'm on board with it. I like that too. Um, I mean it wasn't exactly Zero Dark Thirty, but I get what you're saying. But here here was my thing. I'm like they're turning off all the lights and I'm like they know it's fucking RoboCop, right? Like he has night vision. Like (laughs) he's got heat sensing shit. disbelief to watch right like RoboCop. i'm like why are they turning off the lights it's fucking doesn't matter if it's night or day to fucking robocop because he's got like all the military shit like built into his body right he and also he kills antoine's whole army but antoine bounces somehow and here here's my kelly leak he was actually kind of a good like smarmy yeah guy in the movie like he his role worked for me 
But I will say this. Kelly Leak is a good cautionary tale. And that tale is don't be too good looking when you're young. Because eventually that's going to turn on you. Kelly Leak was the young, good looking kid, the star of the Bad News Bears. And these days he's playing the new Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Even Clint Howard used to be a cute kid. Another excellent, excellent example. Clint Howard, Gentle Ben, very cute. One of the cutest kids ever. Now, obviously, not the case. Not a cute adult. I mean, he's fine. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not Brad Pitt over here. I'm not George Clooney myself. I, you know, I have a couple, I mean, slight physical flaws. (laughs) I'll admit that. So I'm not going to just go out and destroy someone else's appearance, but Kelly Leak, yeah, really good looking kid, not very good looking adult, I have to admit. But the wheels had already come off by breaking away with that guy. That's true. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, was, he's at 30 he, years. He was a quick, he's at 30, 35 years to adjust to his uh, newfound ugly looks. Yeah, it was it was a quick drop off for him because breaking away couldn't have been more than right. five years after he, he rode off yeah. right on his mobile the ugly forest <laughs> that's true yeah yeah he he hit every tree <laughs> on the way took off his helmet uh yeah so robocop you know it was I give it a b minus I, mean, I was entertained yes yeah, c high c like it's not it wasn't a bummer i was not like oh my god is when is this gonna end like it was fine i was entertained i don't see him making a robocop 2 if so they need to get a new robocop because the guy was just the guy didn't have the gravitas that i'm looking for in a robocop oh abby cornish okay robocop's wife yes she was not on my radar before this, and she's on my radar now, and, and I'll come right out to, and say it. I'd like to see her do something where she's more of gotta her. get naked. Yeah, I'd like yeah, to Yeah, and we yeah. were about to see more of her when he gets right. when he gets blown yeah. up. That was the scene. We were about to see business. Right. We, we, that reminds me of something. He cut right before he gets blown up, he comes home from, from work. And he's talking. His partner, Omar, who's not given enough to do in this movie. No. Omar from The Wire. Michael K. Williams is his partner. Gets almost killed. He comes home and he's like bummed out. He puts a kid to bed. And his wife hands him a beer. But she doesn't take it out of the fridge. And she but doesn't open floater. it. Open it. She gives him a floater. She, yeah. Is, is, that her, is she handing him her beer? That's a Cousin Eddie That's move. an open. Yeah, that's an open beer she's been drinking. The the guy's partner was just gunned down by Antoine's henchman. He's working the beat. And and he gets a fucking warm beer? Crack him a fucking cold one out of the fridge and you finish. And you know women drink beer slowly. That beer was warm. It was flat. It was still... She didn't even have the decency to pour it in a glass. Get your man a beer. No wonder he was running off outside to get blown up at his car. He was pissed. Yeah, RoboCop. I, yeah, I I definitely check it out. You know, it wasn't it was obviously it wasn't. I I know both of us were excited, but I think it was more tongue in cheek because we have so much nostalgia for original RoboCop. Sure. 
Uh, and it was cool. This, you know, the effect, special effects and stuff were cool. The Robocop. I mean, I didn't really need to see the guy's throat in a plastic beaker. Yeah, it was a bit much, but it was, it was, and, it was an entertaining popcorn flick. Like it was not certainly definitely. not great, but it was entertaining. Popcorn movie. I didn't get bored for sure. Uh, okay. Ed, great opening. As usual, we talked about the Dodgers. Uh, we, eulogize the great Harold Ramis who passed this week. Such a bummer. Um, Joe Doe's comment really made my week and it's made the show so far. It's true. There's, there's something special about getting a really hateful review. I mean, and it was clever. I give the guy credit. He wants us to suck some balls and I I think that's funny. I enjoy that. I I want more people to tell me to suck on some balls because that's funny (laughs) to me. Uh, We talked RoboCop. We did, we hit all those topics Let's let's reconvene. Let's take a deep breath. Let's have a little break. Let's chill. And when we return, we're gonna talk cow fuckers. <laughs> I, I guarantee you, your local sports rate, your local sports talk show is probably talking sports. No one else is talking cow fuckers, except me and Ed right here. Baller Lifestyle Podcast, BallerLifestyle.com. Stick around. We'll be right back. And we're back. Welcome back. Baller Lifestyle Podcast, BallerLifestyle.com, Brian Beckner, Ed Daly, Episode 12. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for sticking around. First segment was awesome. Now we got to get to our big topics of the day. We t- enough, Ed, enough fooling around. Let's talk cow fuckers. You ready? Nitty gritty. Let's do it. All right. Uh, I'll read from the story. Where is it? Syracuse.com. Let's, can't even believe that's a thing. Uh, I'll, I'll just read you from the story. Two men charged with sex crimes against farmers, cows, comma, state police say. From the story, two men were charged with sex crimes against several cows after a farmer installed video fucking surveillance in his barn to find out why his cows weren't producing milk. Oh, it's because these two assholes were pumping them full of milk. Fact. Uh, Michael H. Jones, 35, of Cedarville Road. I bet these guys are stoked to have their pictures and their names in the paper. And Reed A. Fontaine, which sounds like a character from a soap opera, but we'll take it. Reed A. Fontaine, 31, address unknown, never a good sign, were each charged with sexual misconduct, a misdemeanor. I'll say. State police said a local farmer set up video surveillance snap. Because you know when you're out cow fucking, you're not thinking, well, dude, do you think this guy's got video? Well, let's let's examine this, though. <laughs> hold, on, you... hold on. Let me finish the story. Okay. <clears throat> in his barn, in an attempt to determine why his cow, quote, why his cows appeared anxious and were not <laughs> producing milk <laughs> as usual. Is somebody fucking my cows? I love that that's the first thing he goes to. But that's that's my point. He <clears throat> he when when your cow is not, not producing milk, I could see calling the vet. Right. Maybe going to some sort of web MDs for farm animals. There there must be resources. 
But when your first guess is to go to the spy cam, it means you think this is probably something that could be going on. Like, spy cams aren't used for, like, I just want to see if they're not eating the um, the grass I'm feeding them. You're, you're doing it because you think some monkey business is going on. I wonder if this has happened before. Like, maybe as a cow, maybe cow owners know they see they're they have, like, old farmer's remedies right. learned through hundreds of years of dairy farming. And they go, oh, when your cow's anxious like this, it's because somebody's right. coming in at night and fucking them. <laughs> it means some hayseed prob- is going is going rear admiral on poor Bessie. I, yeah, I, li- I like this part. State police said Jones agreed to film Fontaine as oh, he tried no. to have sexual contact with several cows. They're filming it. Um, so the, the how, owner's filming com- it, and they're filming it too. Yeah, and how does that conversation go? Hey, man. Yeah. What's up? Right. Right. What? Does this come out of nowhere? Like- yeah. Like, what? hey, what are you doing this weekend? What are you uh, – you got plans or what? You do you get together, drink some beers? Yeah, I don't know. I, you, you, are you busy? I, I kind of need a favor. Yeah, I was thinking of having 40 Natty Lights. Maybe it's <laughs> – well, let's each have a suitcase of Natty Lights, and then uh, I don't know. What well, I just I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. Like, might be kidding, but uh, you uh, you ever see Old Man Withers' uh, cows over there? What do you think? Yeah, you 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 know Bessie at all? Like, uh, she's she's, she's not the one bad, right? Has the, she has that kind of cool gait. She she kind of. She kind of swivels her hips as she walks. She's not not the one not the one with black spots. She's the one with brown spots. You know, she's a Guernsey. I think is my personal favorite. You do you know you know her at all? Yeah, she. You know, when she chews the cud, she kind of gives you that fuck me stare. <laughs> <laughs> See, I always wonder how. This right, occur- if it's a solo act, you yes, can say, this guy's a lunatic. At one point, one of those guys had to broach the subject with yes. the other guy, and then the other guy agreed to it. And like, you need to be—you need to be crystal clear. You need to be crystal clear. This guy's going to say yes because that's going to end pretty much any friendship in the history of man if you broach the subject with somebody who's not on board with it. Yeah, it's I like I try to picture like if I'm out with a buddy and having a couple beers and he proposes going to a second location, I'm usually like, you know what? Nah, this sounds like too much work. I'm. (laughs) I'm What if? What if that second location was Old McDonald's Farm? It was cow fucking. I mean, it just seems like so much work. Uh, I just. I just don't understand how you could ever – and do you think he like hit up a few buddies and had like a few no's? Like nah, that, uh, the old lady would kill me if she found out I was doing that. Right. Like sounds really fun. Like I would love to watch you fuck some uh-huh. cows and maybe even video it. But you know what? I got to get up early. I got a big meeting tomorrow. I got to get up really early and do do a presentation. Maybe next time you go fuck some cows, you give me a call and I'll help you out with it. If you call me Thursday – I would have been down with it, but I'm sorry. I got I got so much shit going on. I'm in a uh, town council meeting. I I, I can't do it. Do, do you think Reed Fontaine offers to help any like he has a truck and he offers to help anytime when one of his buddies is moving? <laughs> and so then like a couple months later he can be like, "Dude, Remember when I helped you move, man? That you sucked. You said anything. You, you said s- anything. You said anything. I know you bought the beer and the pizza that day, but 
<laughs> or I'm, maybe like his mother recently passed away, and it's, you yeah. know when somebody goes, "There's anything I do, can do." Well, actually, yeah. funny you mentioned that. I was I was thinking maybe bring a casserole. <laughs> no, just like do you still have that video camera? <laughs> you know that. Uh, you know that uh, that chick who hangs out in the uh, at the farm with the cowbell around her neck. She has those bedroom <laughs> eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know uh, she's got the four tits. You mean the cow? Is that is that how many they have? I think they have like yeah. six or eight. I don't know. I, Me either. I haven't I haven't gotten down and dirty. I'm I'm a little far far removed from the rural game. Agreed. Yeah. And then one 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 last question is. Uh, do you think there's – how does one go about getting – like how does one get to the point of fucking a cow? And first of all, let's let's point out that this guy suspected something was going on because his cows were all skittish, which right. means this had been going on and these guys were going back for at least at – the, at the best case scenario, they were going for their second time fucking these cows. But right, right, right. is there a gateway drug? Like – do these guys are these the guys that put peanut butter on the balls for the, with yes. the family dog? Yeah. Like, how does one how does one get to the point where they're like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking about fucking a cow. Yeah. Do, do they start on sheep? Also, like a cow, cow can be like fifteen hundred pounds, like, and a little bit high up. A I, little bit high up. So a do they bring a stool? You would have to bring a stool or. One of or those little wooden, the, or they're fucking them like from the guy's flatbed, right? You or maybe he has one on on hand. Maybe you turn over one of those wooden dairy milking cow buckets and stand on that. But also, <laughs> like, how does a cow? Would a cow really notice a normal size human penis? Right, like because does, I've seen I've seen what bulls are packing. Right? Does 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 no, Reed, we're in that ballpark. Does Reed Fontaine have a horse cock? Is that the problem? Maybe he is so cursed. He's cursed with such a giant member that no woman can accommodate him. Right? Even hookers are turning him down. Yeah. There's there's just no way they can't do it. They can't. He hasn't found a woman that can handle what he's got. Even the fattest broad you can think of. So he has he had to switch to cows. It was a, a that's going to be his defense. It was a function of necessity. He couldn't have sex any other way. Your Honor, I'm hung like I'm yeah. hung like a <laughs> fucking moose. Your Honor, in high school they called me Reed Bullcock Fontaine. And this it was, this it was this all also, I could do. This also underlines the the fact that really there's just some cities and kind of higher functioning areas that are pulling the rest of the country forward. Like it's pretty much just dirt stick rednecks everywhere. Like New York city yeah. is, yeah. is a, is a hub of our country, yeah. but upstate, upstate New York is the same as Kentucky right. or the middle of Tennessee or the middle of Maryland. It doesn't matter. Middle, you know, middle of nowhere in California. Like they're just, they're just like a few people, a few cities pulling everything Along. Agreed. Yeah. Right. Not, only a couple hours from the most metropolitan place on the planet, dudes are fucking cows. <laughs> the the rest of the country is essentially the other team. The the rest of the team and Teen Wolf. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> there's Teen Wolf, and then there's everybody else. Right. Uh, all right. Well, let's. We'll have to follow that case. See if these guys 
see how it goes. I, I imagine there might be a plea of some sort. They might have to make some restitution to Farmer Brown. And, and props to him right. for having this camera situation. Like, I don't know if I could – again, it's kind of like – seems like a lot of work. Like, the cows seem a little skittish. I'm not going out and setting up a fucking camera system to find out. And this guy took the initiative, went out I, – I couldn't figure that out. I mean, I wouldn't even know how to do it. And he went out there, got it done, and, you know, now he's got video of another guy shooting a video of another guy fucking one of his cows. He, he had an instinct that foul play was afoot. Yeah, yeah, and he was he right. Knew. He, he was knew. right. He was like Columbo. Uh, okay. On another disgusting note, some guy was eating at Applebee's, which... On Valentine's Day. On Valentine's Day, and, I mean... If there's ever a perfect time, you know, it's so hard to get a reservation on Valentine's Day, Ed. <laughs> hey, baby. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I'm going to take you somewhere special. Close your eyes. You, you just, just don't go. Don't, don't look, once we sit down, you're going to, it's going to be great. Do you like chicken wings? <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, I, I think, I think you seem like uh, kind of an appetizer sampler kind of gal. Right, right. Uh, you like fried things, right? Because they got a whole plate of them. Uh, from the story, man tries to pay Applebee's tab with one trillion dollar bill. <laughs> yeah. So, where is this? Uh, Wisconsin. Oh, South Carolina. Same Sumter thing. police were called to an Applebee's last week after they received a report of a man who tried to pay his lunch tab. Lunch of all things. Whoa. I mean, they, that's like I feel like they got those ten dollar deals. Who lunch. said romance is dead? Valentine's Day. <laughs> Valentine's Day. Lunch. Well, maybe he had multiple ladies he needed to take out, and this was his lunch date. <laughs> tried to pay his lunch tab with a $1 trillion bill. Michael Williams, 53, tried to pay the bill with his debit card, but after it was declined, that's a bummer because, you know, the bill was probably like 23 bucks. The most somebody has ever spent in Applebee's is south of $30. Yeah, I would agree. He offered to pay his tab with a $1 trillion bill, police said. Williams was arrested on an unrelated charge of contempt of magistrate's court. He was sentenced to probation and ordered to pay $262 or 20 times the amount of his Applebee's meal in court fees. A uh, couple things going on here. First of all, what I've never been to an Applebee's. I'll come out and say it. I don't. I don't know what you've never. Happened. You've never eaten good in the neighborhood. I. I don't. I don't. <laughs> there isn't one around here that I'm aware of. Uh, I. I yeah. went to one. I think freshman year in college because it was right next to, right next to campus. Yeah. And uh, I went there with like my mom was dropping me off not before college but maybe like after the winter break. Right. And the waiter called my mom dude, and we walked out before we even got served. <laughs> he called my mom dude, and she wasn't insulted. I was like, how is somebody calling my mom dude? And then we just left. We just yeah. walked out. Yeah. Mrs. Daly deserves some respect. Yes. That's fucking bullshit. But I feel like that could happen at any sort of Applebee's or Chili's. That's why you got to stay out of those places. Uh, also, I mean, it's a trillion-dollar bill. Do you think it was just that they couldn't make change, or what? Where does yeah. one even get a trillion-dollar bill? This guy's obviously a cashed-up dude. Look, he was—he's—he's trying to—he was trying to get some action with his lady friend. Right. Whipping out a trillion-dollar bill is probably going to seal the deal. 
You'd think. And, and I would think from an Applebee's waiter or waitress perspective or server, as they might be called. Correct. Correct terminology. I would, I would think they would probably try to string it along just to see what he would do with the change. With like – with <laughs> The wheelbarrow it out. Yeah. With uh, what? Ten, uh, 10 billion Ben Franklins inside that little uh, American Express uh, folded uh, yeah. thing. Like, like, how much does he leave? I mean, if he's well, that kind of baller, yeah, yeah. Like, he's probably going to have, like, a ton of dough. Like, let's see what he leaves you before you report him. Well, he he could leave you a billion dollars just because it would be – he wouldn't be able to fit it all it would, in the trunk. It, it would be meaningless to him. So, like, write yeah. it out. Yeah, also, maybe play the game a little bit. Like, the guy's trying to look like a big shot. You know what? You don't have to go reporting him straight away. Just, be like, give him a wink. Like, oh, oh, a trillion dollars, Mr. Wow. Williams, again? That's the third time this week. And also, his name is Michael Williams, sharing the same name as the actor who plays Omar on The Wire. Yes, yeah. And Bird in Wildcats, or Bubba from Forrest Gump. Oh, so, oh yeah. Whoa, Michael- I just... Hold on. Same guy. Holy shit. Wow. I was not ready for that. Yeah. We'll How drop, did I not know that? knowledge for you. Wow. So, because he's Michael Williams, you're probably supposed to give him the benefit of the doubt. I Valentine's agree. Day, trillion dollar bill. Although I, I, I got a question. Yeah. Uh, I, wouldn't, wouldn't a $10 billion bill probably cover the costs and still like maybe maybe set off a few less red flags you'd think like no need to flash your wad like you're doing pretty well michael williams but you don't need right it's it's better to keep it low profile maybe just pay with a million dollar note keep the change and just just keep things out of the papers because you don't want people knowing what the kind of stuff you have, especially right. in South Carolina. The amount of relatives that probably would approach him after flashing ten, uh, a trillion dollar bill is probably staggering. All sorts of new cousins showing up. Right. Um, it could be it could be uncomfortable for everybody, and I, I feel like Michael Williams has learned his lesson. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Next time. Next time. Just a billion or million dollar bill would suffice. And you and I, as well as the listeners to the BallerLifestyle.com podcast, have also learned a lesson, and that is stay out of Applebee's. Right. Apparently, not, not everything is legal tender to them. Apparently, yeah. Super rude. All right, Ed. Let's it's that ahead. time. You hear the music. You know what's about to happen. It's the one and only... Favorite segment of the program. You're not going to get this kind of entertainment anywhere else. This kind of in-the-know reportage, reportage. Of course, I'm talking about the Bachelor Report with our own BallerLifestyle.com Bachelor Correspondent, Fancy Sauce. How you doing, Fancy? Hi, guys. I'm good. Hey, Thanks Fancy. Thanks for having me back. Okay. Th- it popped off. You made me stay up and watch two Full, oh, full disclosure for the audience. Mm-hmm. Let's break the fourth wall here. We're halfway through this week's four fucking hours of The Bachelor. We, there's been two so far. A, as of this taping, there'll be two more hours of The Bachelor tonight. 
So I, I think we're going to do the regular Bachelor Report right now with Fancy Sauce, and then I'll, I'll edit in a, a an recap, extra recap, an extra recap tonight. of the last two hours because Juan Pobbs is about to sex these broads, and we, we can't go to air without a recap well, of what's happening I mean, with that. from the uh, previews, it looks like he's about to disappoint these broads, <laughs> is what he's going to do. For sure. There's a lot of, all, all three of them are in tears in the previews. Right, and, and it's very much looks like it's about to take a turn for the opposite, because... In the previous episode, Juan Pobbs went to everybody's house, and all the chicks are way into Juan Pobbs. That's true. Um, I don't really understand why the producers in ABC chose this guy to be The Bachelor, though. It, he's so boring to watch. He, he never says dull. anything of any consequence or interest. He just seems completely clueless. And beyond all, I, I don't understand the choice. It's the genius of the show. I have to say that they find some douche that's kind of good looking, but like not overly handsome. You know, he's not in the Brian Beckner or George Clooney category of handsome, but he's a nice looking guy. Ed Daly. But Ed Daly, he doesn't look anything like the glamorous Ed Daly of Hoboken, New Jersey. It's, but. Glamorous. Five minutes in, <laughs> handsome. Five oh. minutes in, you could you could tell these guys are big dopes, but these bitches don't care because a competition well, has begun and they want to win. I think though there's a difference between big dope and big dope that has very little command of the English language as well. It just That's, adds a yeah. whole nother element. I mean, he, he speaks English, but he does, he's I mean, definitely not a witch. He can't express himself, though. He seems like the kind I, of guy I, that has the animated Disney bluebirds, like, tweeting around his shoulder, like... like oh, totally. He, he seems like he's on another <laughs> planet. Like, something's not totally. working. Yeah, there is some, some like, faulty connections. I feel like even in his own language, he could not express himself... Properly, yeah, maybe like there's there's a hamster um, wheel inside his brain, and the hamster's taking a oh, smoke yeah. break. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, the hamster is baked. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. The hamster's high. Totally high. <laughs> um, okay, so this week was hometown dates, and that's always one of my favorite episodes um, because you're throwing a whole bunch of new variables into the mix, namely crazy family members, and we got a bit of this last night. Uh, yeah, Claire's got a crazy. Well, let's do them. Let's do them in order. Um, First up, Juan Pobbs goes to Kansas City, Missouri, to meet Nikki's family. Um, But first, they had some barbecue, and it seemed like Juan Pablo had never tasted barbecue sauce because he was overly excited. He wanted to take the um, take it home with him. (laughs) Yeah, he didn't. He's he. he, (laughs) What was that? He picked up a rib. They're at Oklahoma Joe's Barbecue, which I understand to be one of the best, if not the best, barbecue joints in Kansas City. I've never been. But he picks up a rib, a pork rib, and he's like, what do I do with it? Like, he didn't know how to eat it. He did not know how to eat a rib. He was confused about a rib. It cut to him picking up the... um container the plastic <laughs> container of barbecue sauce yeah. on, the, on the table and going oh i'm gonna take this home with I me like i never tasted barbecue sauce yeah i like it um nikki's family far and away the most normal and therefore pretty boring 
Yeah. Um, but they seem like nice middle class folk, and you know, she seems like she has a decent relationship with her parents. Although she's best friends with her mom, which is always a bit of a red flag. Always oh, a little. I weird. did notice there was a way extended hug. The the hug was like getting back from Vietnam. It was. Hug. Yeah. Yeah, like they hadn't seen her for a couple of years, not a couple of months. Um, I think in general, all the parents, all the family members are a little wary of Juan Pablo, though, because at the end of the day, he is stringing along four girls still. No parent wants to see their daughter heartbroken by some dumb Venezuelan guy with a faux hawk. Nikki's parents, her family were the most welcoming. Yeah. You know, they have a nice house, bit heavy on the TJ Maxx accessories for me. But, you know, nice home nonetheless. They seem friendly enough towards Juan Pablo. And the consensus was that they think their daughter is smart enough to make the right decision where he is concerned. The only thing is the decision isn't really hers. Right. She's all in. She doesn't get to decide. Well, she... Which is the genius of the show. Right. And she reveals to her mom that she is in love with him, but she hasn't told him yet. And then there was an awkward... uh, you know, at the end where she's saying goodbye to him and, you know, she's trying to get up the courage to tell him that she loves him. Is this Renee? But Which one is this? No, this is Nikki, this the, is, the, but, the skinny nurse you, with the long blonde you're hair. You're right to be confused because it, both Renee They're both in and love with him. Nikki. I caught half of it, so I, I, right. I did see the Renee part, which was identical to that. Um, yeah, if yeah. he does choose Nikki and she accepts his proposal, then she is as dumb as he is, which means they're a perfect match. And yeah. I really think that that is who he should pick. He should pick Nikki. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't seem like she's got a lot going on between the ears, and she's she's reasonably attractive. Yeah, she's attractive. She's got you know she's got kind of a long, sexy body. But you know, I have a theory. I don't think any of these girls are a perfect match for Juan Pablo because he's mostly into himself. And I think once the show wraps, he's going to be getting used to his new elevated profile and he's going to start chasing pussy. Yeah. That's what I I think. I think, you know, if you read the tabloids, that's already happened. And that's that's par for the course on The Bachelor, let's be honest. Right, but when the tapes start rolling... He goes back to being the guy who can't afford, what is it, uh, $200 a month? $247 a month, <laughs> yeah, child support. Child support yeah. um, next up is Atlanta to meet Andy's family. Andy is my favorite. She He's is the, the uh, lawyer, right? Yeah. She's the hottest. She's She's got the most going on and I think the most personality. I do not know what she sees in him. Right. I think these She's girls still must... stupid enough to well, like they this get, guy. They get caught up in the whole, like, production of it. Yeah, that's the, that's, that's the beauty of the show. It is. They, um, they, they're contestants on a game show that don't know they're contestants on a game show. Until I think they watch it later. Yeah, yeah. And that's when it hits them. Yeah, and then they go, oh my god, I'm an asshole. Right. Yeah. Oh my god, that girl was talking shit yeah. about me. Oh my god, he was saying all the same things to me as he was to so all these, these other girls. are these girls, girls yeah, sequestered? Exactly. Have they watched it yet? <clears throat> yes. Well, they, they'd be watching okay. it now. Yeah, th- th- when, this, when this it all took place okay, so last the, year. Okay, so like the final episode right. has already been taped, so there's not like a, a live element. Yes. Okay. No. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, he goes to Atlanta to meet Andy's family, but first up, they go to a shooting range, which is apparently something Andy likes to do in her spare time, because she's, she's a pretty good shot. She, yeah. she hit a, yeah. a bunch of bullseyes. Yeah. Juan Pablo, on the other hand, was not a good shot, embarrassingly bad, yeah. 
and to, kind of a turn off, really. So if they, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sex him after if, seeing his gun skills. Yeah, yeah, he's not a gunsman. <laughs> he does not know how to handle a gun. No. This is my rifle. This is my gun. It's, it's definitely you never want to put yourself in a position like I would never go out dancing because I can't do that. I would not. I would that look bad dancing. Sure. What? What? Huh? What are you saying? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, th- that was a bad play for him. Although I think with a little tricky editing, they had him make a bullseye. But to be fair, the, the, at, at I mean, one to be point fair, the magazine took her dancing yeah. and she danced like Frankenstein. No, <laughs> yeah, she was true. getting him back. She's yeah. like, okay, yeah. now we're going to go and do yeah. something I'm really good at. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then, then <laughs> she takes him home. No, but hold on. Mm -hmm. I just, a a, a note. I think shooting those big automatic weapons, that was kind of in bad taste. They weren't automatic weapons, but yes. semi-automatic. I sort of agree that they were shooting like a AR-14 I'm not sure if that's, like, that's a good commercial. Like a good message to send out. I mean, it's... Is it? I just think, I just saw that and I was like, really, ABC? I'm not necessarily anti-gun, but... uh, uh, from the producer's perspective, I could see, like, you know, like, hey, let's go get an abo- let's go on a date and get an abortion. Like, you wouldn't do that. Or if you one person knocked you up, let's you'd be go get an abortion quick. Oh, <laughs> right. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna right take quick. I'm gonna take you on a date to the Church of Scientology. You you shouldn't be doing things that could be considered controversial. It's network TV. You should be doing safe things. Yeah. Safe activities. Okay, so then we get to Andy's home, um, and it's obvious right off the bat that Andy's dad, High, is not feeling Juan Pablo at all. Um, he's just giving him the death stares at dinner, and then they sit down to a very awkward, tense conversation where he asks Juan Pablo, first of all, why he's doing the show. And his answer was basically that he was hoping to find a stepmom for his daughter. Um, he further elaborates by saying, I find that right one, and I say, oh, this is a good one. That's exactly what he said. Yeah, I, I feel like there, that's where you, you have your cultural differences showing up. Yes. Because he is about someone that serves his needs because he comes from a culture where that's okay. So Andy's dad was appropriately taken aback, explained that maybe what he should be doing is looking to meet a woman that's good for him first, to which Juan Pablo was like, oh yeah, good idea. Like he'd never considered that. Um, Long and the short of this hometown visit was that Andy's dad was not giving his approval for a proposal while Juan Pablo was still dating three other girls. Neither was Andy's sister. Shocker. Andy did reveal to her sister though that she could see herself falling in love with Juan Pablo, but that she wasn't there yet. Probably because they are yet to have a real conversation about anything, is my guess. Yeah, she, so she's at least shows some... Well, just, there's just a physical attraction. Shred right? that's discernment. All that, that's all that's going on. Right. Yes. Yeah, she gets that you can't be in love with someone you don't know, but she likes him. She probably likes the, the majesty of being on TV and being having the opportunity to expose herself in this way. And that's sort of intoxicating, which is probably part of the appeal for everybody. She probably wouldn't mind moving to LA and being an entertainment lawyer. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Is or my, doing some hosting. Like is, Ali, or or Ali doing Ali some Fedidowski. hosting. God, 
can't believe that she has a job. She gesticulates. She Ooh. gesticulates. Um, then, they, then they go. Allie Fedotowski was one of the bachelorettes. So she was a cast off from The Bachelor who became don't a bachelorette. You don't, don't, don't pretend. Can you put Mrs. <laughs> Daly on the show, please? <laughs> Hashtag is racist. <laughs> and whom Woody Allen cast in his last oh. movie, Blue Jasmine. Yeah. She had a small, she had a small part. Um, next up, we go to Renee's hometown of Sarasota, Florida, um, where she's reunited with her eight-year-old son, Ben, who she hasn't seen in eight weeks. And it was a really awkward scene to watch. As, it, made, it made me cringe. As a father, this was very uncomfortable for me that she hadn't seen her kid in two months and she showed up to his little league game with some douchey Venezuelan and guy. a camera it was crew. Really weird. It was really yeah. awkward. I'll... And a camera yeah. crew. And her kid could really play. Yeah, like, he was good. He was pretty good. Uh, I, I coach eight year olds and yeah. they're, he's they're trying to win his mom's kid. love because yeah. he's, she's such a shitty mother. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She, he has Hunk been her. practicing every day for eight hours. Mommy, mommy, if I hit 80 on the true? radar gun, will you yeah, learn how to apply uh, makeup? <laughs> <laughs> mommy, will you stop using so much bronzer? <laughs> all, all my friends are making fun of me at school. Uh, so Renee's got a typical Sarasota, Florida... Her, her and her mom sit down with glasses of white wine. Her mom also mom's has bed. a and similar And her mom might want to pump, the, pump yeah. the brakes on the smoke. She sounds like a late edition Beverly D'Angelo. Yeah. <laughs> she, sounds like, sure. she sounds like Lucille Ball <laughs> about six months before she kicked the bucket. <laughs> if they ever do a, if they ever do a, a bachelor um, reunion, she's going to be uh, Arthur Digby Sellers in the Iron Lung in the living room. So they sit down on the mom's sit sad bed. On yeah. top of that red, yeah. on, t- on yeah. top of that red, on top of that red chenille throw yeah. with their white wines yeah. and yeah. Renee. It was a very Florida scene. Renee tells her mom how smitten she is, and it honestly was hard for me to watch, especially when she admits she's really drunk the Kool Aid and she's in love with Juan Pablo. And that everything he does just feels so natural. The guy barely yeah. when, paid attention to her. When in fact gives, it is the, the most opposite sensuous of high fives, mom. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he that high. She had to beg him for a kiss. She and then she high fived him after the kiss. Yeah, super weird. Uh, but her her family though they seem like nice, decent people. But her mom didn't have any. Clearly, didn't have think highly of her her daughter's prospects. Because her mom was no. like, oh, yeah, you should totally go for it. Like, her put mom into cannot yeah. believe that she is still hanging in there. Right, yeah, yeah. She, she's shocked that she made it this far. Um, <laughs> side, bummer. side note, Renee has a brother called Brian, which I found pretty amusing. He probably spells it with a Y. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> um, last but certainly not least, Juan Pablo hikes it to the state capital of Florida Sorry, of California, Sacramento, to meet that crazy broad Claire's family. This was the highlight of the episode for me and everyone else watching, I think. Uh, Cl- turns out Claire's some kind of Latina. Right. It turns out her mom is Mama Celeste of Frozen Pizza fame. <laughs> yes. yes. I love how Ed didn't watch it. He knows everything <laughs> about the episode. Um, where do I even start? They meet up at some ghetto park before they go over to yeah, her mom's it's one house. Of her, it's a special place for Claire. Yeah. It yeah. Was, and the some mom's house mom. is a sad situation. Yeah. it's Yeah. There's uh, five sisters and I think a brother. 
Yeah, to say Claire got all the looks uh, in that one of them family. was it's an one of them was under- attractive. Oh. What? One of them, I think one of them was attractive. Uh, I don't, I don't maybe know. Maybe twenty years one. ago. Maybe twenty years ago. Claire's one. Cl- one was one was all right. Claire the was clearly an accident because she's like fifteen years younger than all of her yeah. sisters. Yeah. And um, I think there. I think I saw a brother-in-law in the mix too. And her and Mama Celeste must have fucked some handsome guy for that one. She, they must have had a handsome mailman or something because <laughs> those broads were fug and. They were like fifth. They were they were they were were like double nickel. They they were were crazy old. They were and they were much older than Claire. And the one sister was a double hundo. Lara. (laughs) Yeah. One of the sisters, I think it was a married one. um, She was very taken with Juan Pablo. I think she might have been in love with him as well. Yeah. Um, And then there was you know the awkward scene outside with Claire trying (laughs) to talk to her mother with the. Bigger, scary yeah, sister, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, kind of guarding the mom and not letting her speak. And it they was, call her mama. I'm not going to let mama. you manipulate mama, right? And mama just sits there like she can't well, understand. Right. Yeah, mom, mom stares like Randall McMurphy well, after right. the lobotomy. No, she's lobotomized just, just, yeah. for sure. <laughs> Fuck, heavily, yeah. heavily sedated yeah. with a blankie around her shoulder. That was weird. Frozen pizzas, pizzas cooked her brain. Um, I couldn't tell if they were sitting in the front of the house or the back. It just it was a sad scene. And then yeah. the sister thought, gets up and like the side. The sister gets up and lurks in the shadows, still kind of trying to like hear what's going on. Really weird. Very weird. She the sister casts a large shadow. That might have been. <laughs> she might have made all the shadows. I mean, if I was Claire, I'd be terrified of that sister. Yeah. I'm me, and I'm terrified of her. Anyway, Juan Pablo got to have a conversation with the mom in Spanish, and everything seemed kosher at the end. You know who should be terrified of that sister is Papa John, (laughs) Chef Boyardee. Juan Pablo, of all the the negative things you could say about him, I think the most... The the most important thing to say is he is the master of hyperbole. He said he said his his conversation with her mom was amazing. Your mom is amazing, right? Like, amazing. That woman, just, what an amazing just, woman! Yeah, they talked just, about the weather. She right? stared at the fucking wall while while yeah. Uh, yeah. fucking yeah. She King, asked him King if Kong he. Bundy, like, I think she her. asked him if he liked Venezuela. Yeah, that was one of I like questions. Venezuela. Yeah, is it is oh it's tropical. Yeah, it's in fucking South America. <laughs> Tropical. Do you do you like frozen pizzas? I like frozen pizzas. Yeah, that was an awkward conversation. Um, really, she's amazing. You, you see where Claire's crazy comes from because she's got a crazy family. Yeah. Or at least a oh. crazy sister and yeah. an odd mother. Um, Ancient mother. <laughs> and what she, what she's so left. sad about her Dad, I mean, she goes on and on about her dad dying. He must have been 100 years old. Right. No wonder he died. Natural causes. My guess is after hometown dates, Juan Pablo has really sized up all these families. And clearly, Nikki's has the nicest home. And I think Juan Pablo is definitely has a bit of a gold digger in him. Yeah, yeah. uh, He needs the money. Right. He needs the the money. Where does she live? She, they're in uh, Kansas City. Your dollar, your dollar will go a long ways in Kansas City. That's for sure. Um, so then everyone reconvenes in Miami on a very windy night on some, you know, bootleg stage they've erected for the rose ceremony. Where sadly, 
Renee is not given a rose. Poor Renee. I feel, I really feel like she was there for the right reasons and just got strung along as a plot device. Renee was so that, literally the only person on the planet that was surprised that she didn't get a rose. Really, <laughs> really, she was really shocked. But, you know, she was only there as, you know, the underdog for the audience to No for. shot to win. She she well, should be happy that she it wins really as far made, as she did. It really made me sad, yeah. though. She she uh, the the host should have whispered in her ear. Sorry, your son didn't pitch well enough for that game. Just to like completely fuck with him. <laughs> only, Sorry, your son has a candy arm. If only he knew how to turn the double play. Yeah, my prediction. Learn how, learn how to throw a splitter, you fucking loser. Right, and she probably thinks she's got a good chance of being the Bachelorette. No, so sad. No, 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 My no. prediction is that Andy will be the next Bachelorette, yeah. or at least she should be. Yeah. So that's what happened on last night's Hometown Dates episode. And tonight, upcoming. Right. Mo- in half an hour. Momentarily. Fantasy Sweet you, Dates. You're, Kate and I, Fancy Sauce and I will watch the ruling too i might fall asleep i'll be honest but we'll we'll come back and we'll do a little recap at the end of the show to give you a heads up on what happened tonight on the second two hours of this week's batch what all the tears are really about uh, yeah we want to know because it, according to the previews he leaves two maybe three of these girls very very unsatisfied after the fantasy suite dates and ed that sounds like me yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean we've all been there maybe not three nights in a row yeah i've i've had two or three non unsatisfying nights in my life of fantasy suites I, i i think we've all been there ours usually involves whiskey whiskey dick lots of whiskey and uh yeah failures yeah. along those lines uh but we'll, we'll check it out and we'll we'll wrap this up at that point once we watch the last couple hours of the bachelor but until that moment i'm wrapping up this part of the show ed another outstanding job by you i am expecting a, an email from joe doe recanting his character assassinations of us both and our ball-sucking ways. Dear sirs, it is with with great regret that I must retract my ball-sucking mantra. If if at all possible, would you two mind unsucking those balls because you no longer suck balls and blah, blah, blah. Change the name of your show to blah, blah, blah. I do not suck balls because you do not suck balls. Uh, All right, Ed. Great job. Outstanding work. I'll I'll let you know it'll be 1 a.m. your time by the time The Bachelor's over, so I won't wake you up, although I would like your input on that. Oh, it's already over at where you live. Yeah, it's It's done. over. You could have watched I, it. I, I, I prefer to spend my time with you two. Oh, I appreciate Aww. it. Well, that said, for follow us on Twitter, guys. You know me. I'm at Brian Beckner. Ed is at Easy Ed Daily, and Fancy Sauce is at Fancy Sauce. F-A-N-C-E-E sauce. Well, if we're spelling, I'll say E-Z-E-D-A-L. I feel feel like that should be self-explanatory, but you're right. Easy (laughs) Ed Daily. For Easy Ed Daily, I'm Brian Beckner for Fancy Sauce. Thanks for joining us. Stick around for the second half of the Bachelor Report. We'll see you later. Bye.
Take care, brush your hair. 